One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once, it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 5050 Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Michael. Alongside me, I got my friend Mason here. Say what's going what on, up? everybody. Well, what's going on? We're back. We apologize for the one-day delay here in Canada. We've got uh, we we had a long weekend, so uh, we had to take one extra day to recover, get back into things. But we're back. We're still going to drop two episodes this week. All you Eagles fans out there that have been anxiously awaiting, we got you. We're coming up with uh, with the NFC East today. A little bit of su- a summary through that division. A little bit of a weird one. Uh, some weak teams, but but some huge fantasy implications. So. Really looking forward to to going over those today. Yeah, Mace, sounds good. So before we uh, get to the NFC East, and I'll let you take over the first team, we should probably just talk about a few things that have happened. Uh, like you said, it was a long weekend here, but uh, we got some big news since Thursday. Um, the first thing before we get into the obvious Dolphins and the Debo contract, uh, there's just one guy I really want to talk about that's been kind of flashing on Twitter a lot, uh, and that's Brandon Cooks. and I know that he's not by any means a flashy pick, um, but right now his ADP is around 60. And he's being drafted at the wide receiver 24. And, and I just have a note here that I just want to talk about. And this kind of does come with Davis Mills performing well. But what we've been hearing so far is that from the first day of camp and on is that they described him as the pure alpha dog in that room. And it seems that he's completely taken over that dressing room. So, as far as him being around and performing well, we don't know yet, but we know that last year um, during the final four games, it was Davis Mills starting uh, when Cooks was fully playing. And in that four games, he was a top 10 fantasy per points per game. Uh, he averaged 15 and half PPR. And along with that, he also had a top five in target rate per run at 33%. So these are just a few numbers that kind of solidify his spot as and not an elite receiver, but where you're drafting him, like probably the best wide receiver two or three flex play that you could probably ever have. This is a guy that's only finished worse than wide receiver 20 once in his entire career in the NFL. And that was in 2015, I think, or 2016 when he got hurt. Uh, that might be wrong, but 
Um, just that one year when he got hurt was the only year that he's not been a top 20 wide receiver. So for him to be drafted wide receiver 24 with a guy that loves plucking him the ball, I just don't see why you wouldn't take that shot on him in the sixth, fifth round. Um, so that's just the guy that I want to talk about. Um, so I'm just saying to everybody, please draft Brandon Cooks. I beg of you. Where he's at is an absolute steal. Um, but I think that's all we can talk about for Cooks for now. And Mace, how about you start with the uh, right. the big news from the Dolphins? Yeah, we'll go into that. I thank you for the uh, the public announcement there of, of your love for Brandon Cooks. I'm love not him. as high on him, love but him. I I still I, I do agree. Bet best flex wide receiver really you yeah, can get. Um, but yeah, in terms of uh, the Dolphins, they've they've had the hammer laid down on them by by Mr. Roger Goodell, finding them a first and third in 2023 for tampering. And uh, right away, that seems like an absolutely absurd penalty. I, I get you got to give harsh penalties, make sure these types of things aren't happening. Uh, but this is the same package of first and third. This is the same package that the Philadelphia Eagles gave up for AJ Brown. So now we're looking at a Miami Dolphins team that just gave away all their picks for Tyreek Hill. And now they've been stripped of picks that apparently are the equivalency of getting an elite wide receiver through trade. Um, <clears throat> I'm really concerned about this Miami Dolphins franchise. They started looking up. I was getting really excited about them, but their window, I think, is going to close very quick to win football games um, with the utter lack of, of draft picks that they have. So I am a little bit concerned about that franchise. Uh, I think if they don't win on Tua's rookie contract, we're going to see them go into a rebuild really quick. Unfortunate for the Dolphins, not unfortunate for uh, for the Bills fans out there, the Patriots fans, the Jets fans, because they're all looking great. Um, but yeah. And then some more news we had as well. Uh, another pretty big news story was Debo, Debo Samuel getting his contract. <clears throat> um, I think it's an absurd amount of money for a wide receiver. And I personally never love a wide receiver getting paid more than $20 million per year. Um, but when you take a look at the situation here, it really does make sense for the 49ers. They kept it short term. They kept it three years. So as soon as they're having to give Trey Lance his extension, this contract will be falling off the books. I imagine that was on purpose because they're realistic enough to realize they're not going to hold Debo and Trey Lance under the salary cap at the same time mm -hmm. on max contracts. So I think that was intentional that that contract will be ending just so they have to re-sign Trey Lance to his second deal. Um, again, it's a lot of money, but if you let him go, then all of a sudden wide receiver is the weakness of this roster. And then you're going out looking for a guy and you're not going to find a guy like Debo in free agency anytime soon for, for the type of salary that you're paying. So my immediate reaction was that's way too much, but kind of looking into it, it does make sense. It gives that superstar for your franchise quarterback to develop with for his first three years as a starter. They're going to lose him after that 100%. He will not be signing again unless he has a terrible three years and signs for cheap. But I think it does make sense. Gives Trey Lance his, his security blanket there. Um, locks up that wide receiver position for years to come. And uh, they, they've got that nice one-two punch with Debo Samuel and your boy that I know you want to go into a little more, Brandon Ayuk. 
Yeah, I would agree with you. When you first see the contract, like, yeah, it's a lot of money for a wide receiver, but I think you covered it pretty well at the end there. It's it's more for Trey Lance, if anything. And they they structure it pretty well for its, its very incentive and bonus base so that it's not a lot of guaranteed money until the last year. But I think that it just kind of gives um, Lance that elite kind of game-changing player. And he's also a rusher. So defenses have to adjust to that as well. So I think this is also kind of just to ease Lance in the next three years because they give him not only is he an elite receiver, but he's also a very elite, just athlete. And we saw what he did last year with rushing. And for the fantasy owners out there, if anyone was concerned about usage in his contract, it's structured so that he gets bonuses based off rushing yards. So he's going to want to rush the ball now. I know we heard in camp that he didn't want to do it anymore, but if he's making a few extra $100,000, he's going to want to rush the football again. So I take back what I said, I believe, last week's where I don't like him at that spot. I do like him at the end of the first round, early second now, um, because he's going to get that running going again. But yeah, May said it. Um, I, Uke, we knew what happened last year. It was not pretty. I dropped him in a few leagues because I really did buy the hype. But I just want to say one little stat here that I think is pretty intriguing. So from weeks one through eight last year, he averaged two catches, roughly 20 yards, 0.1 touchdowns, and was the wide receiver 88. And it was bad. It was ugly. But from weeks nine to 18, he averaged four and a half catches, 70 yards, 0.4 touchdowns. And he was the wide receiver 16 for those last 10 weeks. And he's now being drafted at the wide receiver 41. So what do you really buy in there? Because at the beginning of the season, it was horrendous. But now at the end of the season, it was wide receiver 16. And now his ADP is in between that. Exactly. Um, personally, at wide receiver 41, I would take the bite on him. Uh, we have heard that he kind of has won that wide receiver room under, and he is the leader there since Debo was holding out for those initial few weeks. He was impressing the camp, uh, staff in camp. And we knew last year that that wasn't the, that wasn't the case. So I'm pretty high on you. Not too high. Uh, but in my opinion, I just think wide receiver 41 is way, way, way too low. And I think that all I really need to say uh, for Ayuk, I'm sure we'll talk about him more uh, as soon as we get to the later um, or closer to the season starts, should I say. But for now, I think that covers it. And Mace, I think I'll let you start with the first team, the all Philadelphia right. Eagles, fan favorite. Let's get going. Let's get going on this, uh, this NFC preview here. Uh, we got the Philadelphia Eagles, <clears throat> really interesting roster, very busy roster. When mm-hmm. you take a look at their offensive depth chart, they brought in a lot of new assets this season, um, and it's it's going to be interesting how how things shake out. Obviously, the biggest addition being A.J. Brown. And man, I hope he stays healthy. I hope he finally stays healthy because this is a guy that every time he's played football has been elite. Every single time, even as a rookie, he was a top-level wide receiver when healthy. So him and Devonta Smith, that's a one-two punch that I am absolutely in love with for Jalen Hurts. I don't love Jalen Hurts as a quarterback, but I think he is just good enough to win football games with a good surrounding cast, and I think he's more than good enough to help you win fantasy games especially with the talent around him so AJ Brown Devonta Smith both guys I love um I'm gonna be honest I'm liking the value on Devonta Smith more Mm -hmm. than the AJ Brown value 
AJ Brown right now. Let's see where he's he's going. He's going at wide receiver eleven. You're passing up on some top tier guys still to go and get AJ Brown. Yeah, Devontae's um, thirty five. Yeah, there's there's a lot of great guys still there um, that I would rather take over AJ Brown, especially taking into account that you're not going to draft Brown and Smith. So as soon as you draft AJ Brown, you have to take Devonta Smith off your draft board. Most likely. And Devonta Smith is at wide receiver 36. At that point, you're taking Hail Mary shots. That's where the rookie wide receivers start getting drafted. That's where DeAndre Hopkins, who's suspended, is getting drafted. That's where Rashad Bateman is getting drafted. All these guys that were nowhere near the prospects coming out of college that Devonta Smith was. I think a lot of people are forgetting how closely scouts thought of him and Chase going into Mm -hmm. last year's draft. It was him, Waddle, and Chase. And Everin leaned a little towards Chase, but it was that close. So people are forgetting how much of a stud Devonta Smith was in college. And this offense really wasn't that great last year. He was the only somewhat threat through the air. So defenses were focused on him. I think Devonta Smith, with a little bit of space this season, is going to absolutely go off. I'm not saying I don't like A.J. Brown. I'm saying if I had to choose between drafting Devonta Smith at wide receiver 36 or A.J. Brown at wide receiver 11, I would take Devonta Smith at 36 all day long. Um, In terms of their running game, I'm staying away from all of it. I think there's a lot of talented guys in this room, but we just have no idea how they're going to be used. Miles Sanders, I'm out on at this point. I get he has the potential and skill to go off this year. And if he does, that's great. I'd be super happy for the guy. He's been playing on some trash Eagles teams and uh and getting smoked um i hope he's good i just don't believe it's going to happen i don't think anyone in this running game is going to get the usage necessary to be a week in and week out fantasy starter um i'd rather take a shot again on guys kennedy brooks we'll, we'll have to see i don't think he's a guy you can draft but he's a guy that you're definitely going to watch the first few weeks on the waiver wire he's a nice bruiser back um that i think could definitely command some touches and get some goal line carries. Because you look at the other running backs in his backfield, Boston Scott is not getting anything on the goal line. Kenny Gainwell shouldn't be getting anything on the on the goal line. And Miles Sanders has proved in the NFL, in actual games, he is not an effective goal line runner. So I could see Kennedy Brooks kind of sliding into that bruiser back role. And he's not going to be a superstar, even if he does. But he could be a a reasonable flex option from week to week, especially if we start seeing some injuries with the other running backs in this backfield. Yeah, and I would totally agree with you, Devontae. I I was even pulling up numbers here while you were talking. And just the guys that are being drafted around him, they did not have the same year. Him and Rashad Bateman are being drafted very back-to-back in most drafts, I would say. Uh, they're usually at like pick 79, pick 80, that range. Um, Devontae had a very sneaky rookie year. And you said it right. Like everyone kind of just forgot about him because of Jamar Chase. And and we're not comparing him to Chase because Chase is a one-of-one prospect. And we know that now. But Devontae Smith still had 916 and five, which by no means is a, a bad rookie season. But the only main difference was just his targets. He only really had 104 targets. And I think he's just being dropped off because of A.J. Brown. But I think A.J. Brown's going to help him even be more fantasy relevant because he's going to take all those deep safeties away from Devontae. And he's going to get all that kind of short to medium range stuff. And I really like him at that at that range of wide receiver 35. I just think that's a little bit of a steal. 
And Rashad Bateman had 515 yards and a touchdown last year. Like I, I, I just don't understand why they're being drafted the same range based off last year's games, you know? And I know Bateman had a shortened year, but their averages out are, it's, it's miles different. Devonte was a much more efficient receiver, but we'll have to see with them. But as far as Devonte goes, I agree with you. The value you get of AJ Brown in the second round compared to uh, Devonte in like the seventh or eighth, I would rather take Devonte and then maybe pass on AJ Brown. Um, I do love AJ. And like you said, I wish he could stay healthy just for one year because he does have like top five fantasy wide receiver talent if he stays healthy for the whole year. Um, but we just have to wait and see, I guess. But um, that value on both those guys are kind of interesting. And we'll just kind of have to see who the favorite target is going into uh, the season from camp. And as far as Jalen Hurts goes, I still think he's an elite, not an elite quarterback, but an elite fantasy quarterback. He's kind of like that Kyler Murray kind of guy that we know is going to put up like 25 points a week. He could have 10 points in passing stats, but he'll have 15 in rushing. So if he's there, you take him for the, for the rushing upside quarterback. And you especially take him now because he has the two receivers on his team. Uh, I think he'll have a very good year. Uh, it's just the quarterback position this year, in my opinion. I don't know if you feel the same way, Mace, but there's like 15 guys that I really don't mind having. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I feel so like deep. it's a deep, it's a really deep quarterback year. And we, I, I feel like we might say this every year, but this year, especially, I just feel like I don't really see the need in reaching on a quarterback when I can get guys at like the QB 11, QB 12 that I like just as much as the guys that yeah. I just draft the fourth round. Right. hundred uh, percent. So, yeah. yeah. So as far no. as Jalen hurts goes, we'll see. And in running back room, I'm on the same wavelength with Mace here. I'm not going anywhere near it, but anyways, what are you going to say, Mace? All right. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I feel the exact same way. I look at my quarterback rankings, and my QB 15, I'm more than content with starting week one. Yeah. And the thing is, too, what, if I'm waiting till my QB 15 to grab one, I'm waiting long enough that I don't mind spending the draft capital going and grabbing another one the very next round. If I'm spending my 10th and 11th round picks on quarterbacks, I'd way rather go in that route than mm-hmm. a fourth round, fifth round quarterback. I just don't see, unless you are really jumping up and you're getting Allen, Herbert, or Mahomes and going for that elite kind of weak changing type player where they're just going to have weeks where they win you your matchup, no matter how the rest of your team does. I don't see the point of jumping up. So if Allen, Herbert, or Mahomes are there, again, I still wouldn't touch any of them, even until late third, early fourth. If you can get one of them at that value, great. If, you, if that's how you want to build your team, go for it. After those three, wait, 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 wait. There's no point. There's no difference from quarterback four to 15 for me. They could all finish any spot in that range. So I don't see any need to rush into that either. But we do got to get moving on here to a team that I think is going to be, the way this offense is ran is going to be very similar to the 2021 Green Bay Packers. And that's the Dallas Cowboys. We got a slinger at quarterback. We've got the bruiser running back. We've got kind of the smaller, kind of skinny, uh, can't handle the full workload running back, but we'll go out in the slot, catch lots of balls. And then we've got the one absolute superstar wide receiver. It's the exact same thing as it was like last year for Green Bay. And I think that's the type of offense we're going to see here in Dallas this year. We're going to see Dak chucking it and chucking it a lot to CD Lamb. CeeDee Lamb is going to he's going to go off this year for fantasy there's just no way he doesn't barring injury the amount of targets he's going to be seeing is going to be ridiculous 
and I don't see many players with the floor of CeeDee Lamb this season. You think about a game where Prescott throws the ball 30 times. If you take a look at the, these targets, there's Jalen Tolbert, who I actually think is a great prospect. Uh, Michael Gallup, who is on the PUP already. Dalton Schultz, who has had one good year. And then there's the running backs. I see CeeDee Lamb getting at least eight targets a game. And CeeDee Lamb's going to turn those eight targets into at least 10 fancy points. So I see him as a very high floor and high ceiling player that I love this year just due to the absolutely absurd amount of opportunity he's going to get. Aside from him, the only other guy I'm really looking at in this passing game um, in terms of wide receivers is Jalen Tolbert. Just because the value you're getting him right now, I think he ends up being the wide receiver too on this team. I don't think they're going to be throwing the ball as much, so I don't know how valuable wide receiver two is going to be in this offense, to be honest, um, especially considering Dalton Schultz is still going to get his. So is wide receiver two really going to be that valuable this season? I'm not sure. I think it's going to be a much more run-heavy offense with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard being that one-two punch. Um, And going into Zeke and Pollard, these are two guys I I really like. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, He's boring at this point. He's an old kind of bruising running back. And those guys are boring. But Zeke's going to catch the ball still. And guys that are workhorse backs, he's still going to get 15 to 18 carries and then add a couple of catches to that. There's nothing wrong with that, especially where you're drafting him right now. Um, Elliot is going criminally low, in my opinion. And there's a lot of guys going over him that, yeah, they have the upside that he doesn't at this point in his career. But how are you really? So, for example, the three guys in front, David Montgomery, James Conner, and Cam Akers. I don't see how you can justify those three backs going in front of Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, Zeke's going to probably not be the most efficient runner, but they are going to continue to give him the rock this year no matter what. Um, and he's going to catch the ball still. And then you take a look at Tony Pollard. I think he's going to actually have a really big part in this passing game. As the RB32, uh, I think we're going to see a little bit of almost like a Kareem Hunt type role that we saw his first year in Cleveland, where, yeah, he's getting five to eight carries maybe per game, but getting that ball pumped to him out of the slot, out of the backfield in shotgun formations. Pollard's going to get his opportunity, and he's a highly efficient player when the ball's in his hand, so I don't think he's going to need uh, 15-plus touches to get it done. I think he's going to do just fine with his six, seven carries and his five or six catches. He's going to be highly efficient and a great flex option all season. Um, But in terms of Dallas, I think it really is coming down to opportunity on this team. I don't think Zeke's that great of a running back anymore, but his opportunity is massive. So he's going to produce for fantasy and it's going to be the same thing for CD. He's going to produce no matter what, just due to the targets he's getting. Yeah. I think you touch base with the run game very well. So I'll, I'll probably just stay away from that, but to add on to CD lamb, me and you are both extremely, extremely high on him. And everyone will hear that when we get to our wide receiver rankings closer to the season. But just to drop a quick stat on CD, last year he had just an 18% target share, um, which was outside the 30 top 30 among all pass catchers. I think he was like 35th or something, and he still finished the top 20 wide receiver. And what happens this year? Amari Cooper's gone. Uh, they signed James Washington from Pittsburgh. He fractured his foot. He's out for 10 weeks. He is the alpha dog there for targets, and we saw him produce without the targets. Now he's going to get the targets. 
you're going to get an absolute discount on, in my opinion, one of the league winners this year. Um, I am very, very high in City Lamb. And we'll, I'll say more when we get close to the season for our wide receiver rankings, because I'm sure that me and Mace uh, will go into detail on him, because the top three are obvious. We know, we know Cup, we know Jefferson, we know Chase. But when you get out of the top three, that's when things get a little bit interesting. Um, and CeeDee Lamb is kind of that guy that we'll talk about. Uh, and as far as other guys go in this roster, I don't really want to touch anybody. Um, the running game, it's sad to see Zeke just kind of fading away from fantasy. And I think that's happening with a lot of running backs. And we haven't really had a turnover year where like a 2017 draft. It's been five years now where we haven't really had that big running back class. And all the main running backs are getting up there in age, like 26, 27. And when we get to our dynasty years, we'll dynasty rankings next year. We'll see that this draft class will be that draft class, the 2017. But as far as the Cowboys go, um, it's CD or nothing for me, really. Dak, if if Dak slides, I, I'll maybe take a shot at him just because of uh, the rushing upside a little bit. Uh, he'll be in the red zone a lot. Um, but besides those two guys, Jalen Torbert, I don't know. Torbert, sorry. He's he's okay, but in a fantasy-relevant league, I just can't really see me ever starting him or him ever being relevant. So as far as the Cowboys go, I would say strictly CeeDee Lamb, target him, and Dalton Schultz, decent tight end. If he slides, take him. And Dak Prescott, same thing. So I think that covers the Cowboys pretty well. Yeah. Um, we can probably let's, move. Let's get, I, I just want to get this team out of the way, to be honest. I don't want to okay. end. I don't want to end the podcast on the Commanders. I okay. want to get that away first. <laughs> okay. um, very simple. Don't draft anyone on this team. Yeah. That they are. And you know what? I didn't think I hated them that much until I looked at their roster. I used to be a massive Antonio Gibson guy, but they have proven time and time again that they don't like him as a bell horse, uh, a bell cow running back. Um, they want to grab Brian Robertson in the third, and I think that just muddies up this backfield. I think it makes both of them borderline uh, undraftable. Obviously, you can draft Gibson if the value's right. But where he's going right now, he's going to have to slide far for it to be worth it. Gibson right now is going 34 overall. So we're talking uh, a late third-round pick on Gibson, and I can't justify that for a guy that just got – a power back drafted behind him that's going to snake every single goal line carry there is. And on this offense, there's not going to be very many of them. So Gibson to me is going to be at very best, an absolute low end RB two flex option. And that's just going to be because the floor built in with his passing ability, with his pass catching ability. Sorry. Um, Brian Robinson, he's just going to be that bruiser. He's not going to catch the ball really at every – he has the ability to catch the football. I just don't see it happening in this offense. Carson Wentz doesn't throw much to his running backs in general. And if he does this year, it's going to be to Gibson. So Brian Robinson, if someone told me he's going to put up eight touchdowns this year, I I wouldn't call you crazy because he's going to get all the goal line carries there is on this offense. But I just don't see him being efficient enough uh, up and down the field to really warrant – any starting weeks, you're going to be banking on a touchdown with him. Um, so really, this running back group, unless Antonio Gibson's dropping to great value, which for me, great value, I'm wanting to see him drop into probably the fifth round before I'm looking at Antonio Gibson. Um, and I feel very similar about a guy in their wide receiver room as well, uh, Terry McLaurin. 
Carson Wentz, I think, is just a locker room cancer. I think he's a bad quarterback, and I think he's just bad for anyone that he goes to. Last year, he produced a little bit with for Michael Pittman, um, but I think that was that was a handicapped Michael Pittman even with with Carson Wentz there playing mm-hmm. quarterback. I think we're yeah. going to see him really unleash this year with mm-hmm. a guy like Matt Ryan that can actually make a throw and make decent passing decisions. But I think Carson Wentz just destroys the whole receiving game here. Um, Jahan Dotson, I like him as a prospect. He's not going to do anything this season with Carson yeah. Wentz. Carson Wentz is going to struggle to support one pass catcher, let alone two. So Terry McLaurin, he's going to be the main guy in this offense. But the problem is being the main guy in a terrible offense and being a deep field deep deep downfield threat, that's going to be a problem. The type of guy that would thrive in this offense is kind of the short slot guys. And Terry McLaurin's not going to be that. So I think we're going to see a lot of what we saw last year to Terry McLaurin, just brutal inconsistency, 20 points, and then three weeks of four points, and then back-to-back games of 25 points. That's what we're going to see again. It's going to be frustrating. You're never going to know when to start him. And at the end of the year, he's probably going to end as a top 15 wide receiver. But the problem is when you have a guy that's so inconsistent, he's crushing you for three weeks out of four. It's great if you're able to somehow predict the exact games that he's going to have his big ones and play him for those. But guys that are this inconsistent kill your fantasy season, even though at the end of the year it's going to show up, hey, Terry McLaurin was wide receiver 14. It doesn't matter when you don't know when to play the guy. So he's a guy that for your sanity, you should just take off your board unless he's dropping into the deep, deep rounds. I'm, I'm thinking for McLaurin, I'm probably wanting to see uh, probably the same as Gibson, fifth, sixth round before I'm okay to grab McLaurin because he's going to be so, so infuriating to own this season with Carson Wentz at quarterback. Yeah, I would agree. I don't know. It's 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 such a sad decline because this is a team that actually pushed the Bucks the hardest when they won the Super Bowl that year. And it's just been an absolute decline since then. However, they are a quarterback away from being, in my opinion, a very solid team. Like, they didn't really lose anyone on defense. And offensively, they have McLaurin locked up. Me and you both know Jahan Dotson is an, a very interesting prospect. I think he'll actually have a little bit of a better year than you think so. Um, just because, like you said, the short passes will benefit. And he sounds like he'll be playing the slot. So he'll be a decent, decent rookie year. But like, like you said, it's... Carson Wentz can't support an offense and it, it was just a rental year. I don't know, even know why they grabbed him. They should just be tanking for one of the quarterbacks next year. I think they'll get um, one of them, but they won't get Bryce young or um, CJ Stroud. They won't get one of the two top guys um, just because there's teams that have worse teams than this. I think this defense will probably carry them a little bit more than we think so. But as far as the offense goes, I am not drafting Antonio Gibson. Terry McLaurin, like you said, I think he's a, a worth fifth-round pick. Uh, sixth round, in me, is a little bit stretching it. I don't know if I agree with you there. I think he just is too talented to not take in the first four rounds. Um, but I think we can wrap this up in this team. It's just, I don't know. There's not much here to really talk about. It's a pretty ugly fantasy team, um, but with a lot of upside. Like, to be honest, they, they, in a few years, hopefully they will be good. They have Chase Young, they have De'Aaron Payne, they have Jonathan Allen, they have an insane pass rush. They just need a quarterback, and we'll see in a few years, but this year, as far as fantasy goes, don't take McLaurin at his ADP. Wait till the fifth if you're you're there. Take him there, but like Mason said, it will be infuriating as heck to watch him play this year. 
And as far as the Washington commanders go now, uh, I think we can move away from them. So the final team, Mace. Yeah, an ugly slight, team. Slight, slightly less ugly. Slightly less ugly. A very ugly team last year. Um, but they signed Brian Dabble from the Bills. And I think this team will improve a lot. And I think that I'll just slide it to you. Let's just hear what you got to say about them. Yeah, I think I think we might get something out of Daniel Jones this year, man. I really do. I, I think Daniel Jones, is he a fantasy asset? No. Is he a long-term answer to the quarterback room in New York? Absolutely not. But I think we can see a replacement level season out of Daniel Jones this season uh, with with the new head coach in there, which I, I think that's going to benefit everyone. Um, we'll start with the main guy, and there's been a lot of talk around him. His ADP has dropped significantly since last season, and that's Saquon Barkley. This is a guy that was consistently being drafted in the top half of first rounds last year. And all that happened was he just had a few really unlucky injuries. Again, I think I mentioned this on earlier podcasts. Yeah. The stuff that he has been hindered with recently have not been, um, you know, what you what you would call injury prone type type injuries. They've been, oh, I ran an out route as my wide receiver was running a slant route, and I stepped on his ankle and snapped mine. It's weird little things like that that have been causing him to miss time, which is why I'm hopeful we finally see another full season out of Saquon Barkley. And as long as he plays a full season, he will be an RB1. Not the RB1, but he will be a top 12 running back. No doubt about it if he puts together a full season. So right now, we've got Barkley going, uh, he's at 22. So we're looking at a late second round pick of a guy that all he has to do is play games and he's a lock to be a wide uh, running back one. Sorry. I love that value on Saquon. I think he should probably be more of a late first, early second. I would like to pair him with kind of a more solid guy in the first, if you are getting him in the second, which is you, you have a great opportunity of doing if you're drafting Saquon, because if you're getting Saquon, you're probably a late first. Around the late first, you can grab a safe guy like a Devontae Adams or a Stefan Diggs, or if you want to go double RB, you could grab an Aaron Jones, kind of one of those, one of those super safe guys, and then pair him with mm-hmm. the league-winning upside of Saquon Barkley. So I think the risk with Saquon is very uh, minimizable. You can manage it very easily uh, based on where you're getting him. So I love the Saquon value right now. He might get hurt week one and be out for the season. Who knows? But that that's what I'm saying. I think you can minimize the risk with him very easily based on the fact that you're not having to spend a high first round pick or even a mid first round pick on him. Um, in terms of the receivers on this offense, Kadarius Tony man is so, so talented. And every mm-hmm. time he played last year, he was genuinely a wide receiver. One obviously has some off field issues. He seems to be a little bit of injury, a little injury prone to me because he was getting those weird little, oh, my ankle's sore all of a sudden. Oh, my, my fingers hurt. I can't catch a ball. He has those weird little tweaks that just seem to keep coming up. So he is looking like a guy that's injury prone. Um, I hope that was just a one-year type thing. We see that all the time. Guys come to the NFL, have a year or two, and they, they straighten it out. Because when Kadarius Tony is on the field, he is an absolute stud. He is going to be awesome again if he plays, if he can stay healthy. Kadarius Tony after the catch is insane. Before the catch, he's insane. He runs great, crispy little routes. He's going to get open a lot out of the slot for this team. Um, and I, I have heard they're going to move him out wide a little bit more 
than we saw last season. So Kadarius Tony is a guy that I'm loving at his ADP. Um, I think he's going to go a lot higher because when you get to those spots in the draft and you're actually there drafting, you start looking for the upside. So you're not going to draft those safe guys um, around where Tony is going. You're going to shoot for the upside. Uh, the wide receivers around him, you got Michael Gallup, um, Tyler Boyd, guys like that, Alan Lazard. Will those guys score more fantasy points this year than Kadarius Tony? Yeah, I'd say it's likely, but when you're drafting in your, you know, ninth, tenth round, you're shooting for the upside on Tony when you really get in that moment. So Tony and Saquon are both guys I'm loving at their value. And this is a sneaky little guy to watch for because he He's a rookie. I didn't even actually hear about this guy until after the draft, uh, but it was Daniel Bellinger. And I watched his tape. He's actually a highly impressive tight end. He's number one on the depth chart already. He's already past Jordan Aikens and uh, Ricky Seals-Jones. So number one on the depth chart. They went up and grabbed him in the fourth round. So he got some decent draft capital for a tight end. Um, and he's a guy you might just want to grab in the later rounds, especially in a tight end premium um, where you're probably wanting to store a backup tight end. He's a guy you'll maybe want to keep your eye on. Um, but that wraps it up for me in terms of the Giants. Um, no, again, not much to talk about with this division. It was it was a, a little bit of a, a tough one to find info on. But uh let's let's get our let's get our rankings in here, Mikey. Where, where do you see I, I don't get to talk about the Giants, Mace? Is that what's going on here? You you have I don't get to, to talk about the Giants. Oh, I, you, I guess, you, I guess you not. don't want to talk about the Giants. I'm the host of this you, podcast. You oh, I actually do. I actually really do. You want to talk about the Giants. I really want to talk about one guy that you already mentioned that I just, this is my guy this year. It's your he's, guy. Okay, he's my guy it. this year. Every year I have one guy, and this year it is Kadarius Tony. Um, what we have seen at a camp is the separation off the line is just, it's mind-boggling. This is a guy that has top at tier athleticism besides Tyree kill. I could even say that he's probably like the twitchiest player in the NFL. He's the most agile. His balance is crazy. We saw that in the Dallas game. You just, you see these bursts of athleticism that it, it looks like Michael Vick when he's running, it's just like he stops and then he's full sprint in a second. And when we saw him play healthy, like you said, he needs to be healthy. And I think that some of that stuff was made up, which isn't say good about his attitude, but I think that just last year, I would not want to play the Giants last year. They were so bad. And I don't really blame him. And this year, supposedly, he's been great. Every day he's early to camp. He stays late. He's been working. That is what we like to see for fantasy because they're going to use him now. And last year, he had a 25% target rate per route run. That was seventh best in the NFL. Seventh best. So if he has that for a full season, we are looking at a legit league winner in the eighth and ninth round. So this is my guy this year. I don't want to miss him at every single draft. I just want to talk about that, but I guess I wasn't allowed to according to you. So, but uh, we'll, we'll move away from the giants. As far as division previews go to all my Eagles fans out there. I have them at one. No way. No way. Yeah. I have Eagles one followed by the Cowboys, then the giants and then the Washington commanders. Okay. That's interesting. This is the most that our opinions are going to differ. I've got Cowboys winning this division with ease. I think this is this is their year. <laughs> this is the Cowboys year. I think they. Yeah, sure they, it is. It's been their I, year for I, twenty years. I think I think they win this division pretty easily. Okay. Um, number two, 
And this has absolutely nothing to do with the offense whatsoever because we've established that their offense is terrible. But I think the commanders come in at number two with that just ridiculously loaded defense. They're going to win a lot of low-scoring games, and I think they're going to do just enough to win nine games maybe, nine, maybe maybe ten games, depending on how hot that defense gets. And then I've got Eagles three and Giants at four. I just don't think the Giants have enough talent yet overall as a team to string together any any decent amount of wins. So that's how I've got it. I've got Cowboys, I've got Commanders, I've got Eagles, and then I've got the Giants. But I think that's going to wrap it up. I forget what episode we're even on, man. This episode four? Episode four. We're on episode, episode four. four. Done All the NFC. Done the NFC. AFC's done. Time a- to move NF- on to the NFC's done. NFC. NFC's NFC. wrapped up. We're going to drop another episode tomorrow. We'll have another one coming out tomorrow. Uh, and it's going to be our first AFC division. We'll keep that a little bit of a secret. So you'll have to tune in. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you all have a great day. Thank you so much. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.